Good morning to everyone. It's always a pleasure to be here, especially after a nice weather-wise week. I'm happy to be in Wendy. <laughs> so, who of you like criminal and detective uh, TV shows? Okay, so we're going to do profiling today. We're going to see some patterns and do a couple of profiles today. We are in 1st John chapter 3 verses from 11 to 18 for today. And uh, we're not going to be making criminal profiles, but we're going to be making brotherly love profiles. I was wondering why the Bible constantly have to remind us about loving each other. And I personally have two answers for that. Because we don't know for real what is love, what is real love. We have a hard time grasping that. And the other reason I see is that because loving others in this fallen world is a difficult task. It's hard. It's our fallen nature doesn't allow us to, to be loving people spontaneously. So it's, it's hard to love people. I tried to find the author of this, but I couldn't find it. So we are just going to read it. To dwell above with saints we love, that will be grace and glory. To live below with saints we know, that's another story. It's hard to deal with each other, with our problems and sins and matters. and It's really hard. So we're going to looking for this truth today. To love the right way is to love Jesus' way. To love the right way is to love Jesus' way. So we're going to be looking at two profiles, two love profiles today. To learn to love Jesus' way. The first one is going to be Cain's profile. So before I begin to read, let's pray for today. Father God, we love you and praise you, God. We thank you so much for your word, for your son. And I thank you personally for this community here, for your body, your church in this place. Father, I ask you, please, that you be with us today, that you help us to learn about these attitudes and these patterns, and uh, that we may learn to love the right way that is Jesus' way. Father, help us through your Holy Spirit in us to understand Scripture and to apply it to our lives. Be with us in this morning. We ask you everything in Jesus' name. Amen. We were talking about obedience and righteousness, and we ended on verse 10 from chapter 3. And uh, chap uh, verse 10 here is a kind of bridge between the the portion that we finished and this portion we're beginning today. So I will begin I will begin reading verse 10 before. By this the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, 
That's what we saw last sermon. And, and this last portion of the verse is going to introduce us what is going to happen today. Nor the one who does not love his brother. In the same way, someone who does not practice righteousness doesn't look like a son of God, but a son of the devil. The person who decides not to love our brethren, but hate them, we look more like a son of the devil than a son of God. So we're going to be looking at these things today. And we begin in verse 11. For this is the message which uh, you have heard from the beginning, that we would love one another. And uh, that message from the beginning was given in a special circumstance. John 13, when we go to John 13, that's in a special moment. Possibly in my, in my knowledge that will be Thursday night before... Christ is going to be crucified, and they are in the upper room. Jesus just washed the disciples' feet, including Judas. But after that, he says uh, to Judas to just leave, to do his thing. He knew already that he was going to be betrayed. And uh, right after that, that Judas is dismissed, he, with his apostles, his close disciples does this. So in that specific intimate moment, he gives this message to them. I just wanted you to know where specifically, specifically it was and what it meant. So a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. But 35 is very interesting and is what we are just looking at today. By these, all men will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. The way we love one another is going to show where we are spiritually. We keep going on verse 12. And now he's going to make an example, but not a positive example, but a negative example. It's going all the way to Cain. And it's a curious detail here. Cain is the only personal name mentioned in the whole epistle other than God's personal name. So let's see what John has to tell us about Cain's example. Not as Cain who was of the devil one and slew his brother. And for what reason did he slay him? Because his deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. First, we are, we are looking into Cain's uh, attitude and it's described like he was of the devil. We're not talking about salvation here, okay? We're just talking about what he was doing and uh, 
his attitude was of the devil, it doesn't match with, with God's nature or God's wishes. It was on the devil's side. And the other important things we see here is the reason why Cain killed his brother. And it was because of, because of envy. He looked at his brother and he looked how God favored his brother and how God gave his brother grace and how the life of his brother was kind of good at, at God's eyes. And uh, he just envied that. That's what I just explained. <laughs> so we continue on verse 13. And uh, John is telling to the brethren, the brothers and sisters, do not be surprised, brethren, if the world hates you. That's not an old thing. That's uh, today. It's the same thing. John is telling to them, do not be surprised. Do not be amazed. We should be amazed if the people from the world love us. Do not be amazed at that if the world hates us. It's, it's real. It's, it's really interesting how happens the same between us and the world, the same that happened between Cain and Abel. They look at our righteousness. They look at the way we do things or we try to do things. And they get mad at that. The last example I, I just lived about it, it was in Cuba. They were, they changed the constitution, they were they now say that a family is whatever two people they want to marry. It doesn't matter if it's the woman or two men or whatever. So, so Christians were against that in Cuba. And uh, a group of Christians in Cuba, we called conservative Christians. We said, we oppose to that. So I, I saw a very smart friend of mine having a... a thing in, in, in her Facebook, he said, yes to tolerance, no to conservative Christians. And I, 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 I was like, I know her. She's a smart person. How she is contradicting herself on that statement. How are you saying yes to tolerance and saying no to a group of people? You're saying yes to tolerance and you're being intolerant. You're a smart person. How are you doing that? And the thing is that the world is blinded. They just want to do what they want to do. And when they see someone doing things right, they just get mad. So we don't wait for the world to love us. They hated Christians in the first century. And they will keep 
hating us today. So don't be discouraged. We keep on verse 14. And uh, John continues. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brethren. He who does not love abides in death. This verse gives us a general, very important principle. And it's that our spiritual journey is going to be revealed on how we love or hate our brothers. Our spiritual stand is going to be revealed on how we treat our brothers. When I wanted to teach college in Cuba for the first time, I had to take a pedagogy thing, a little course. course. And uh, this was, I tried to translate it. In Spanish, it would be, Nadie enseña lo que no sabe. Nobody is able to teach what they don't know. And that's what happens in spiritual life. If you don't know love, you cannot give love. So that's the principle we're talking about. Your spiritual standing will be revealed on, on how you treat other people. If you really understand God's love, you know God's love, you're going to give love to all the people around you. If you don't understood, if you never understood God's love, if you're not grateful for God's love, you will not be giving God love all around. So this is an important principle, and I want you to, for a moment, do an exercise with me. Think who we are without God, by ourselves. What we do, how we would live without Christ. What's our end? Is death, is eternal separation from God. But instead of that, God sent His only begotten Son. God Himself came here to give up His life for us. That's love. When you understand that the Almighty God came Himself in the form of a baby and lived the perfect life to pay for our nasty sin, when you really get that, God's love, you cannot do all the things that show love to other people. So, it's important that, that we think about it and, and look at ourselves. Am I really grateful for Christ's work in the cross? If I am grateful for God's plan and for Christ's work in the cross, I will be grateful all around and I will be full of love all around and joyful all around. Our spiritual condition will be shown. So, 
we as Christians should be doing that. 15. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murder has eternal life abiding in him. It's the same principle we're talking about. And in this case, John is using the example of what happened with Cain to bring it to our life today. And uh, we're going to look at this later on, but begin trying to see how hate comes and after that comes murder. Let's quickly look what Jesus had to say about it. And uh, we will do it later. Okay. <laughs> so now that we went from 11 to 15, we're going to create our profile. So the first thing in this profile for Cain's profile, how everything began. Began on envy. Okay. And uh, I brought you there. That's a... Uh, Dave Vernon McGee concept on envy. He says it's discontent or uneasiness at the sight of another's excellence or good fortune accompanied with some degree of hatred and a desire to possess equal advantages. That's how everything begins. You see other person that is having something better or living better or having something you want it. And after that, what keeps going on the profile? Begins on envy and continues into hatred. And uh, we should be able to see when that's happening. I don't think that totally may happen in a Christian that we could be rebellious and sometimes we could do some of these things. I don't think a Christian would go all the way to the end on this. But we sometimes could begin to do some of these things. So let's be aware of how the things, how the pattern, how the profile goes. And uh, let's quickly look into what Jesus has to say about it. Oops. I have it here. Would you go with me to Matthew 5, verses 21 and 22? I don't want to make it too long. That's the Sermon on the Mount, the very beginning of chapter 5. And... Uh, We're going to begin reading in verse 21. Oh, I brought it for you, Tim. You have heard that the ancients were told, You shall not commit murder, and whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you 
that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. And whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. And whoever says, you fool, shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. Do you know that angry by itself is not sin? Let's explain that. When something happens and we just get angry that first time without thinking it or wishing it, and it's just our sinful nature doing it, there, that's not a sin. But when you begin thinking about that, or you support that feeling you just had in your nature, and you say, you fool, or you good for nothing, then that's a sin. Our instincts are not sin. What just right happened, our fallen reaction quickly to something, that's not a sin. When we willingly do something after, right after that, that becomes a sin. Okay? We can go to James another day, but I don't want to take a lot of time. So, we have to be careful. It's normal that we have reactions. It's normal that sometimes something happens and, and we just feel something. But if we support, if we willingly continue to hold onto that feeling, that's a sin. Okay? And what is saying here, and what I like you to see here from Jesus, is that hatred or angry, it's just compared with murder. That's what Jesus is doing right here. And the thing is that hatred and murder comes from the same place. comes from our fallen nature. And uh, we're just doing the same. So, this pattern, this profile we're doing is that begins in envy. Continues into hatred. And ends in murder. And we know that the standard for us is higher. Our standard is not actually killing a person. Our standard is saying, you're good for nothing. And that's murder for us. So, let's be aware of these things and how sin works in our nature. I, I, I hope that by now you know that this is not our pattern. And uh, let's go to the other part that is the right one, the one we should follow, and it's Christ's pattern. It's going to be from 16 to 18. 
I brought you that verse in several versions so we can, because I, I wanted to grasp that little first part of the verse. I will read in Nazvi 95 first. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. I brought you the Holman Christian Standard Bible. And that beginning there that we know love by this. Is, this is how we have come to know love. And the New Living Translation says we know what real love is. Because Jesus gave his life. Sometimes the Nazbi may be a little dry. Or difficult to understand. But, but this is the sense. This is what he's saying there. We really get to know what, what love is in that. In what? In the fact that Jesus gave his life for us. That's when we get real love. You know, we have different conceptions of love while we are living and we just think it's a passion, it's that thing we feel in the high school, and we are just, we want to marry that girl, or you want to marry that guy, and you, it's so intense. That's not real love. Real love needs trying to give yourself. You have to give yourself to that other person. And uh, continues in 17. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? This is now talking about practical love. How is it possible that someone love God if someone sees his brother lacking something material and uh, you don't care? How is that that you see that other person right there who God loves? Having a hard time. And you cannot help. If you have the ability to help. If something like that happens in our lives. We are not abiding in his love. Our spiritual standing. Is not right. We are not abiding. In his love. This looks, this dad looks familiar to you. It's the same idea that James is developing in his letter. But James is talking about faith and how faith without works is useless. And we read from James. If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace. Be warm and be filled. Yes. 
and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body. What use is that? In the same way that faith without works is useless, our love without actions is useless too. We don't show that we are His real disciples if we act like that. And in verse 18, this is the kind of trying to resume what is happening here. John, with uh, this uh, endurance, endearment, sorry, endearment term here, little children, technia, says, little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. Let's not just say we love you or be good or be blessed, but just take care of, of what is happening. Help that person. And it's, it's not only giving money or something material to someone. Okay, because sometimes we can be misled with this. It's not only giving something material. It's, it's actions, okay? It's not material, it's actions. And actions comprehend just praying. And a call or a text message saying, I'm with you. I'm praying with, for you. Okay? It's not only giving money or, or, or supplying the material needs. It's comfort too. It's knowing that we are there and we are looking for them too. Okay? Those two terms at the end, we have cleared the first one. Indeed, we should act about it. While we are loving, it's not only about words, it's about actions. But what about and truth? What do you get from that? People, I read a lot about it because I was intrigued about it. There are two ideas about it. I like both, so I brought you both. Some people say that it's truth because some people may help you with actions, but they don't really love you. So if we're going to love someone, that, that's, that needs to be genuine. I, I might want to look good to Greg or, or Kim, and I, I give them something, and I, and I do some actions. But it's not only about actions. It needs to be true love, genuine love behind the actions. So that's, in one sense, truth might mean that. And in other sense, it might mean that it's based on truth. And especially because this is, this is written by John. And John uses truth in several places in the gospel as, as, as the gospel, as, as Jesus. So when it's saying here, but indeed and truth, and truth is, is based on, on, on Christ and what he did for us. So... So we can apply both to us. Now, let's finish with the second profile. 
these verses just explain. I just explained these three for you in these last three verses. In verse 15, sorry, 16. We know love by this, that He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Sacrificial love is about giving ourselves to other people without getting anything back. That's sacrificial love. That's what Christ did. And when you compare that with Cain's attitude, it's total opposite. Jesus gave his life for other people. And Cain, what did was taking other people's life. Do you see the total opposite there? Our pattern, our profile is sacrificial love. is giving ourselves for other people out of nothing. Just love. Okay? The second idea is practical love. It's a love that is characterized by actions. That's how we should act as Christians. If my brother needs something or is in a bad situation... Let's just act about it. Let's do something about it. It can be a prayer. It can be a note. Encouragement note. Hold on there. We're with you. We're praying with you. Sometimes we cannot fix things. Sometimes we cannot do it. I cannot help my brethren in Cuba right now. I pray for them. I text them. Say, hey, I'm with you. I'm praying for you. We're in this together. Actions. It doesn't mean money or material things. And genuine love. The intention behind our love or those actions should be genuine, should be true. And we should... I expect that from Christians. We should be true about our actions. We really mean them. So we have two profiles to choose from today. And uh, the profile we choose is going to reveal our spiritual stand. But if you want to decide to love the right way, the only profile we may choose is Christ's way. It's my prayer that we all may live this profile of love daily in our lives let's pray father god we thank you so much we thank you for your word and and how john helped these believers in the first century and and is helping us today to understand what real love is father help us to apply these things to our life. Father, help us to really grasp, really feel, really understand your love for us so we can share that love with other people around us. Father, help us to meditate in Christ's love and how we should show that love to other peoples around us. Help us to sacrifice ourselves. Help us to give our lives for others, waiting nothing back. Help us to 
love through actions. Help us to really care for other people and invest in their lives. And Father, help us to do that out of a clean heart with clean intentions through those people, toward those people. Father, we need your grace. We need your help to leave out all these things. We're fallen people and we need your Holy Spirit in us and we need your guidance and your grace to show your love to people around us. Help us, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.